Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me on the Word Podcast. Uh, we have been looking for at at <laughs> uh, the letter to the Hebrews for, I think, 118 episodes. I think this how many it's been so far. I'm not sure. But somewhere around there. And so we've actually completed going through it. And I just wanted to do one very, very brief overview recap of just what we've seen, just sort of off, literally off the top of my head, not even planned what we're going to do right here with this. <clears throat> because I really want to encourage us to uh, remain in the book of Hebrews uh, for the balance of our lives, okay? To go back from time to time uh, to review it, to go back from time to time to read it, to remember what the bottom line is of what's being said here. And the bottom line was what? That Jesus is better. And we saw that from the very beginning, the first chapter, how that the Lord had spoken in times past, but now he's spoken through his son. And that word of his son, is a better word than even the words of time of the past. And we saw that how Jesus is better than angels. Remember that? Better than the angels. So because of that, we need to give close attention to these things. And we need to make sure that we don't drift away from things and that we don't neglect the word that the Lord has given us. And we need to re realize that the time is coming when uh, the angels are going to be subject to us and the world's going to be subject to mankind. But in the meanwhile, we saw in the second chapter that Jesus had uh, temporarily humbled himself. He'd humbled himself and had taken on the form of flesh, which you see in Philippians. We saw in chapter 3 that Jesus is a better high priest. He is our high priest. He's the apostle and the high priest of our confession. And we saw how he uh, is better than Moses. Now, when we say better, it doesn't mean that all these things are not good, that they're no longer worthy. No, you don't mean that at all. It does mean that they're inferior when it comes to uh, what the Lord Jesus is and who he is. We also saw in the third chapter that there's, uh, as it was all the way through the book, words of warning, words of instruction. We saw that we were told to take care, that there not be any uh, evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. Okay, remember that? Saw several words of warning related to that, words that were sort of hard to understand sometimes. Chapter 4, we saw that in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we have entered into a rest, that Jesus is better than the Sabbath rest, whether it's the weekly Sabbath rest or whether it's the uh, Sabbath rest of every seven years, that type of thing, that really we enter into the Sabbath by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Sabbath rest. And, you know, sometimes people don't understand that. They want to honor a day. Well, that's fine. Paul talks about that in another place. You know, let each man determine in his own heart. But when you really understand what it said in Hebrews 4, that Jesus is our great high priest, that we hold fast our confession in him, okay, that we can therefore draw near with confidence to that throne of grace. Remember that? He is the, uh, the source of all rest. In chapter 5, continue that idea that Jesus is the perfect high priest, that he's experienced what we can experience, and that he's superior to the high priest. He is of the order according to Melchizedek, 
He's actually superior to Melchizedek. And boy, did we not spend some time talking about all that. In the sixth chapter, uh, there's an extreme word of warning right here that people still struggle with at the end of the fifth chapter and the sixth chapter. And he's just telling us, hey, you know, press on. Move beyond. Leave the elementary teachings behind. Press on to maturity. Don't go back and lay a foundation again of what you already know, repentance from dead works, of faith toward God, instructions about washings and laid on the hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, that type of thing. But press on in the Lord. Make sure that you are his. And he told me, he says, I know if you do this, that there are going to be better things ahead for you. Okay, And he's really encouraging a group of believers that were coming out of Judaism. And that's the reason he used so many Old Testament uh, references, allusions, uh, to, to passages. In the seventh chapter, he speaks of uh, Melchizedek again and how uh, Christ's uh, priesthood is superior to Melchizedek's, but Melchizedek's is like Christ. And just how enigmatic Melchizedek was. When we went through all that, what happened with Abraham and the entire account, what occurred here. The bottom line is that Jesus is better than the Mosaic law. He's better than the Levitical law. He is what we saw in chapter 8, a better uh, ministry, a better minister in the sanctuary of verse 2 of that said. Verse 1 said of chapter 8, the main point, and what has been said is this, we have such a high priest <laughs> who has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of the majesty on high, a minister in the sanctuary and in the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched, not man. You can actually just sort of briefly scan over Hebrews now that we've gone through it detail by detail and see these verses that leap out that give an outline that help us remember. You're like, now the main point is this. And he talks about some more about the uh, uh, the tabernacle, but how we have a superior heavenly tabernacle now. And in chapter 8, he picks up the idea of having a new covenant and, and quotes a lot of the Old Testament related to that and how the Lord Jesus Christ is our new covenant. Uh, and he continues that in chapter 8, the old covenant, the new covenant, the old laws, the regulations, the tabernacle, but who we are now in the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit signifies some things, that Jesus is better than the law, that Jesus is better than the old covenant. Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. And then he starts bringing all this to a, a, a climax, that Christ, his sacrifice, the Lord Jesus Christ, is sufficient for everything. It is sufficient. Uh Hebrews 10, 4, remember that? It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. But with the Lord Jesus Christ, your sin is uh, uh, expiated, is canceled. Your sin uh, is no longer there. It's atoned for, okay? And he speaks of these things in chapter 10. At the end of it, talks about how we have a new and a living way now. So therefore, because of this, because Jesus is the great high priest of the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance. Okay? Let us draw near, understand that we can walk, but know this, okay? Know this, that God's wrath is going to come. And uh, Hebrews 10, 31, it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of a living God. So he's encouraging them and exhorting them, don't throw away your confidence. That has a great reward, but you need endurance. Is that not a word for us? Verse 36, you need endurance. So endure, press on in the will of God that you will receive what is promised. In the last verse of the chapter, don't shrink back from, okay? 
press on in the preserving of the soul. And then that great chapter 11, which we have talked a lot about, particularly of late, the great gallery of faith. He tells us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. For by it, by faith, the men of old gained approval. Now, don't forget, in verse 3, chapter 11, he speaks of, uh, the author does of himself and of that group and also of us. He said, by faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So he uses that at the very beginning. Then he goes back to Abel and recounts all, uh, just an, uh, an example of men and women who lived by faith. So because of that, chapter 12, what should we do? Since we have this great cloud of witnesses, we need to lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that entangles us. We need to run with endurance. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. And we need to consider the fact that Jesus is the example for how we live. Then in chapter 13, he gives examples and instructions about what we should do, that we should love the brethren, that we should be hospitable to strangers. Don't neglect that. We need to remember the prisoners. We need to make sure that the marriage bed is undefiled. We need to make sure that our character, who we are, is free from the love of money. We need to remember the words spoken to us. We need to remember those who teach us. We need to make sure we don't get carried away by various doctors. And the bottom line of all this stuff is to realize that we are to offer up a sacrifice of praise and giving the thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ, because he is better than everything. Well, my time's totally gone. Again, I'm Dale, and I'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye.